welcome back to the movie rubric. I typed on here the menu rubric. Um, I almost just started the <laughs> podcast wrong right out of the gate. Um, I am Timothy McDaniel. Cole Wright. And I'm Josh Glass. And I'm Timothy McDaniel. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk slower this episode. <laughs> you, I you introduced yourself twice. You did there. Introduce I didn't yourself introduce twice. yourself twice. No, that's a, I feel like that's a regular thing on podcasts. You never heard that before? No. The host introduces himself twice when it gets back around. I have not. You're no. fired as the host. Man, I'm fine with that. I don't even <laughs> want to be the host. It just happens to be at my house. No, I uh, I listened back to our last podcast and relatively entertaining as far as like my standards for things go, but man. I sound like I'm trying to auction off the house. I'm trying to <laughs> auction off Wakanda forever. I spoke so quickly. So um, if you listened and powered through our last episode, I apologize. I've um, taken a lot of downers today, you know, to try and get my speech down. I'm just kidding. I'm actually <laughs> drinking coffee now as we speak. So, hey, we are going to be talking today about the movie uh, The Menu. And I just got to say, boys, we gel. We that gel. Was, we we gel. gel. That was my... <laughs> We gel. <laughs> I will explain that line later. But oh my gosh, that's movie, my favorite line of the this movie. movie. Oh, it was so, great. It was fantastic. Man, so if you don't know, the menu takes the phrase eating the rich and it, it really just brings it to a whole new level. It was directed by Mark Mylod, stars Ralph Finnis, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. I probably mispronounced all and of their names wrong John to some Lizama degree. Was in it too. He was. Yeah, he really was. Um, I looked up. And I liked his name is just movie star. The movie star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh, he did say in an interview who he was trying to like recreate, and I forgot who it was. I think it was Jason Siegel. I okay. think is who he said he was going for, which I think <laughs> is kind of hilarious in hindsight. Um, I looked up Mark Milad or Milad, however you say his name, and other he's done a lot of TV. He's done Succession. He's done Shameless, Game of Thrones, Once Upon a Time, and it looks like he's just done episodes here and there. Mm-hmm. As far as I could tell, this was his first real movie. So this being his first real movie. What'd you guys think about it? I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Like I, I didn't have high expectations going into it. I didn't even know what to expect mm-hmm. from uh, the um, this movie as a whole. I've only seen like the one trailer that was that played before um, Black Panther, and um, I thought like, okay, this could be just one of those artsy movies that's just like, okay, it's just kind of, kind of meh. No, it was. It was just great how it was shot, the acting, the humor in it was really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, was, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Uh, same with you. I really didn't know what to expect going into it. I was just kind of blindly going in and was very pleased when I came out. One of the few movies I've gone to recently where I actually did watch a trailer for this movie going into it, mm-hmm. I was not expecting it to be a comedy. And I looked it up afterwards. I said, was this supposed to be a comedy something in my kitchen just crashed my cat probably just knocked something off the counter don't worry about it just don't don't look that way (laughs) but the movie was supposed to be a dark comedy it was intended to be that way um and it was honestly one of the funniest movies i've seen in a long time i don't know if that's good or bad yeah but it was hilarious yeah i i didn't know if it was supposed to be a comedy or not or if they just like ladled little things in there um but yeah I, i thought it was really funny uh, I don't know that the rest of the theater that we were in thought it was as funny as yeah. we did. So we, we uh, the, our row was the only row that was dying at every uh, course description. Yeah, I don't. I kind of wondered that. So, backstory: a flashback, if you may, from a time that we were on a mission trip. We went and saw Josh and I here. <laughs> did I call? Were you with us? I, I don't think you were with us. I wish I was. Oh my gosh! Josh, his wife, his wife's dad, a few of us. We all went and saw a movie called Inside Out probably have seen it Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of that movie there is a short called lava (laughs) (laughs) and josh is like i try not to laugh i'm trying to say the story a million times and i can picture it it's fantastic lava is supposed to be a cute (laughs) romantic romantic love story about these two volcanoes and maybe it's because we were like sleep deprived because we had been like roofing and painting and doing all this like mission work and that was our one day off but I've never seen anything funnier. Oh, I still laugh to this day every time I watch it. I can't watch it with a straight face. But I thought that we were going to get kicked out of that theater. Oh, yeah, for sure. We were getting dagger eyes oh, yeah. from people around us. Yeah, super uncomfortable, but hilarious. Yeah, I've never felt like I was watching a movie wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, I am not doing something right. Yeah. Something is wrong with me. And the menu kind of did the same where 
I was laughing most of the movie, but you're mm-hmm. right. Aside from a chuckle here and there, most so of there the was, theater did not laugh. Yeah, there was like one lady in front of us that yeah. laughed almost every time we laughed, but the rest of the theater was like stone they, cold silent. They, they just don't have a good sense of humor. Yeah, apparently not. Or we are really sick and dark and twisted. Yeah, we're, we're very you. morbid. I don't know. <laughs> it was. I can hear you. You're Tyler, Timothy, whatever he wants to be referred to as, the laughing man. over everybody. The ardor. Your, your laugh was like <laughs> echoing in the theater. I thought the movie was hilarious. It was great. It really was. It I was thought that really movie funny. was hilarious. Um, so, yeah, it was. it is intended to be a dark comedy. We were not wrong for laughing. That was that was the goal of the movie, from what I could tell. Um Man, but I really, I really did love it. Um, it wasn't gory like I thought it was going to be. I was expecting from the trailers it being rated R. I was expecting there to be a lot of blood and gore, but there mm-hmm. really wasn't. It got its R rating almost entirely because of its thematic elements and just language. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of not really gore, a lot of some blood in there, but it's, there's some blood. But I, I mean, mean, it's not like yeah, it doesn't really like not a gory movie. I've seen. No, I wouldn't say it's gory at all. Yeah, I've seen way gorier and bloodier PG thirteen movies. Like mm-hmm. there's there's parts of it where it's kind of it's a little jarring at at times with the um we'll get into it with some of the what the well, spoiler the one guy that just like boom yeah mm-hmm. shoots himself. Man, I feel like I I shouldn't have to say it, but just in case we are going to be talking about spoilers for this movie. Um, we're going to be talking about them in detail. So if you're interested in seeing the menu, if we even enticed you to partake and dine on the menu. Um, now's your chance to turn away um, before we dig any deeper. We gel. We gel. We gel. <laughs> okay, so that was the line that cued me in that it was supposed to be a, a comedy. Personally, for me, whenever she was like, you know, we do this, we do this, we do this, we gel. And then someone was like, you guys gel. She goes, we gel. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And I, uh, like, that was the first time that we laughed as a group, and I don't mm-hmm. think the audience laughed with us. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. But I kind of got the, from that moment forward, I viewed it with a comedic side. Yeah. Um, really kind of turned the movie for me. Yeah. It, it, that was, that was, yeah, I'd say that was a turning point. But that was all pretty early on in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. In general, I mean, being early on in the movie, something I appreciate about this is sometimes suspense thrillers take a while to really get into the, and for more food, food puns, that takes them a while to get into the meat and potatoes of like what the story's gonna be of be what a lot, be a lot of food puns. This yeah, probably. Yeah, um, there was a lot of food porn in that movie there last was. night. Oh my yeah. gosh, I've never been more hungry leaving a theater. But yeah, no, like it kind of got straight to the point pretty quickly. Like they were in the dining hall eating within like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really waste much time on that, but that's good because it gave. Yeah, I feel like all the main stuff does happen within. Really, it's not a lot of sets that are in this mm-hmm. movie. It's just merely the dining hall. Like, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of sets. There's not a lot of characters. It's a very minimalistic movie. Oh, for sure. Like It was took place almost entirely in one room, mm-hmm. with very little exception. Woods. Yeah. Like some woods and like and an And a outside, chicken coop. And a chicken and coop. The, the house. <laughs> the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was the house. That's right. But really, though, like, yeah, like a pretty simplistic movie. It was lower budget, I feel like, but mm-hmm. very well done. Um, see. I'm on IMDb now. Let's see what the uh, budget was. I'm curious on that. While you look up that budget, I do just want to play something here real quick. While we were, uh, while Josh looks that up here, was we going to our next part before we start really dissecting this movie? I um, I asked the guys. We were in the theater, and I said, "Hey, I want everyone to give me like a prediction for what you think is going to happen." And um, oh my gosh, I say that, and it's not on there. <laughs> it didn't oh, transfer. Well, I thought it transferred. You'll well, never hey, know. I had a recording where I basically I said, how do you think the movie's going to go? This is where I would play that if my mixer was working. Um, and I said that I thought that Anya Taylor-Joy was going to be the only one to live. I think you, you said her boyfriend, too. Did I, I don't think I did, but maybe I did. Well, we'll go back. Maybe I will edit that in. How about right now? I'm going to edit all of this talking out right now here. I'm just going to pretend that the board didn't mix. Um, and we're going to listen to it. Um, let's just go ahead and play it here for us. Real quick, before we go in, hot takes, any predictions going in. My theory, based off the very limited trailers I've seen, everyone but Anya Taylor-Joy's character is going to die. I feel like that's probably a pretty good uh, assumption, but I'm honestly up in the air. I have no idea what to expect. I think they're just going to sit down, have a nice meal, and order something off of the menu. All right, so obviously, like, the last course is dessert. Cole, what do you think the dessert's going to be? Ooh, 
I think baked Alaska. I think that's on the menu. Baked Alaska. I don't even know what that is. All righty. So, so something was baked. Something it was, was baked. <laughs> yeah. The restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It, I should have said s'mores. That was. Oh, you should have. Yeah. Who would have guessed s'mores though? Um, uh, s'mores uh, with no. the chocolate fezzes and the marshmallow fest. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. So. I don't know what a low budget is, but the budget for this was $35 million. I, I'm i with you. Like, I feel like in the grand scheme of Hollywood, though, that's not much. Yeah. Let's like, see what Wakanda Forever was. Yeah, our previous movie. So, yeah, I was correct. But like like, like you just said, Cole, that was a really safe bet to make. Yeah. I don't, But that's pretty to be expected. Um, you got to take risks. But I will say the way in which she didn't die, I was pleasantly surprised with. I thought the movie was going to be slowly killing off the guests one by one Mm -hmm. like they would kill a person then do a game to see who dies next and then maybe like he would let someone live at the end like it was intended to let someone go but instead that was never the intention never the design everyone was going to die from the get-go and i like the way that she kind of she somewhat outsmarted him but also i think it's the fact that she didn't eat I, i i was wondering i was like well you know could the other people have said I didn't like the food either, but then I realized she's the only person. She didn't need a single bite. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if she had taken a single bite during the meal of any of the food, then he probably would have been like, no, you ate it. But no, she didn't eat throughout the movie. They set that up yeah. to allow her to leave. So a very slow burn on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. This is according to Google. $250 million. Wow. Holy okay. Crap. So yeah. So major low budget movie. Yeah. Ooh. So... That was just a quick Google search. I can't fact check that. And it's confirmed. I just have to imagine (laughs) there were some big name actors and actresses in this movie. I feel like a lot of that budget probably just went to them. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day. Um, Wow. I didn't realize Wakanda Forever cost that much money to make. It's a lot of CG. A lot of CG. A lot of, there was a lot of good costumes in Wakanda Forever. Like in location stuff. But yeah. Okay. So for 35 million, this movie looked great. Um, Cole, you said it earlier. It's a very artistic artsy movie but it's kind of parroting it but still yeah. it was shot it's very well you you brought it up last night when we were leaving like it's kind of like where it's kind of it is parroting the uh the artsy mm-hmm. um genre because that's a lot of movies now are just they're artsy they have to have some deeper meaning they have to if it's not some deep philosophical revelation that's happening in the movie it's not good nowadays mm-hmm. but and that's kind of what they compare with the food, how uh, intricate these meals were, yeah. the food was. And then um, at the end, she's like, oh, make me a cheeseburger. I want you to make it make something that you love to make. Cause, mm-hmm. And that's kind of like represents like there's tons of movies where it's like, is it does it ha- is it deep on some of the movies that I personally enjoy? Some of my favorites? No, I just they're just really well done. They're just mm-hmm. fun movies. Mm-hmm. And. I don't think I would have gotten to that conclusion. You made a comment that made me realize that. But yeah, I, I put here in my notes, the movie is a cheeseburger. Yeah. It's fun. It doesn't try to pretend to be something it's not. It's just, and he says like, I'm going to make you a really good classic cheeseburger is one of the lines the chef says. I said, this movie is just a really good classic cheeseburger. It's got a lot of simple elements. It doesn't try to be something it's not, but it's poking fun at these movies. We just watched Men. Cole yeah. and I just watched Men with a friend recently, and that is... That is a movie. Yeah, that was that's A twenty four. I love A twenty four, but they could be a little overboard at times with the art, the artsy uh, stuff in in it. And where it's like, okay, you're you're trying too hard now at this point. Just yeah. make a movie. It was, and I left the men, which is this very artsy, very well shot movie, not knowing what that movie was really about. Like I got a few things from it and like, but like it tried to do all this symbolism and just like subversion of expectations. There's there's movies that are done well that they've Mm -hmm. done, like the lighthouse midsummer hereditary. Those movies, I think they do it well on the artsy side, but like men was one where it's like, yeah, it looks good. It's acted well, but like what is going on in this movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas this one was, you know, just, it's kind of making fun of the people who are like gave the, it to you. Yeah. It's like those that are like, there's, they have had this deep elaborate explanation and all the guests are like, 
those people was like, oh, you just wouldn't get it. So those kind of people like, oh, I understand this movie. Like, no, you don't. No one understands a lot of these artsy movies. There was one line where she's talking about emulsion, and she says the emulsion's broken. And I thought she said the immersion is broken. And when I was reflecting on it, like this morning, I was like, I wonder if that's like poking fun at critics who go in. They say, I wasn't immersed enough in your movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was, this isn't realistic. And I, and whenever she makes a comment that the immersion's broken, he sets down this ginormous bowl <laughs> of broken emulsion. Yeah. And I was like, I think that that was their nod to being like, yeah, it's a little unrealistic, but that's okay. It's a movie. Yeah. And I loved that. So, Josh, I see you're looking at your notes there. So last week, I think we're keeping the tradition of I have all my notes on my laptop and Josh has them on his phone. And what's funny is, once again, <laughs> you probably typed them out and just didn't bring them, didn't you? No, I've, I've been extremely busy this weekend. Oh, my god, I haven't had a chance to type anything out. So I did it as I got here. Mm-hmm. We were testing mics and I typed out some probably been less than 24 hours since <sighs> you've seen the movie. Yeah, we between Wakanda Forever and our review, we took a long a long time like four days almost yeah three or four days yeah so we're this one we watched this 24 hours ago so we are coming in fresher so yeah um josh any last thoughts before we start getting into our favorite parts uh no i mean i got some stuff but i'll bring it up gotcha we get into it so with that i'm gonna go in like i want to know everyone's favorite part of the movie um I was going to go first, but I have a feeling we probably all have the same one so i want to start with cole what was your favorite part take your pick i mean there's a lot of I mean, there's two that really stick out to me because it's like the I'm, humor was spot on it. I'm wondering if we have the same the two. The first one is the one that made everyone feel uncomfortable that we also went and saw it with was the, the guy named Tyler in the movie. I have Tyler <laughs> cooking his lamb chops. That's my <laughs> number one. Lamb chops and he didn't know how to cook. <laughs> it was just, just the pacing of it. It's like you feel uncomfortable, but you feel so uncomfortable that you feel like you have to laugh to like kind of get through it. Yeah. And the buildup to that scene just- was through the whole movie. Cause he's like been this snobbish food, foodie person, the whole yeah. thing. And then the chef calls him out and is like, all right, cook. If you know everything, then let's cook. And he didn't know how to cook. And so, yeah, it was just like, it was intense, but it was also hilarious. It was that. And a close second was the complete intricate, um, the Coast Guard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was really good. It's too. just like the build of like, okay, let's see how this goes. They're going to kill this Coast Guard because he's going to try to save him. No, he's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that part. I'm like, what are you kidding? <laughs> I was crying. So I do have a different number too. The way we share Tyler and the Lamb Chops, but the Coast Guard scene was funny. Part was great. Where he pointed the gun at Anya Taylor Joy's character and then it turned out to be a lighter. <laughs> Completely threw me off. I I, I was not really expecting it. I I kind of was. I wasn't expecting the lighter gun, but I was kind of wondering the whole time when the Coast Guard showed up as quickly as they did because they mentioned that there was no cell phone signal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like everything so far has been very intricately planned out. I was like, he probably is the kind of guy who would have hired a Coast Guard actor. Like mm-hmm. this is a cult, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I, uh, when the guy almost left, I was like, okay, it's not. But then he turned and saw the actor, and I was like. If he knew that actor and he's pretending to like calling Dr. Sunshine the fake movie, I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder if he's in on it. Because yeah. the chef had mentioned prior to that that he hated that That's movie. true. Yeah. Um, so what was your favorite parts, Josh? Um, I would say my favorite part was probably right before the Coast Guard guy came in. And the chef is like lecturing them about like, even if you think he can help you, he can't help you. And he said a line and it was, I thought it was brilliantly written and placed. And it was, you should ask yourself why haven't you tried harder to get away? And then he follows it up with, because if you would have, you probably could have. And I, I was just like, that line, the way it was delivered, when it was delivered, was great. And then you follow it up with a hilarious gun lighter two second, you know, two minutes later. But uh, I really enjoyed that line. Yeah, no, and I was thinking that at the start of the movie when everything started to go south and the guy slammed the chair against the window and it turned out it was like very super reinforced. I was thinking, I was like, you know, if I know I'm going to die, I'm I'm going down with a fight. Like, yeah. I'm going to grab every, there was like three guys at that table. I was like, I'm at least going to try to take someone down with me, mm-hmm. right? Not that in this movie would have mattered. They all went down. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I thought that, and you're right, I love that they commented on that. Yeah. They, called it out yeah you know you're a bunch of rich snobs and if you had actually wanted to you probably could have got out of here mm-hmm. um so the what i had down as my second favorite part we all had the lamb chop one but my other favorite part was the burger mm. that he makes Ooh. 
where there's like angels singing yeah. and it's slow motion shots. Yeah. And at one point he plates it and he pushes down on the bun a little bit. Some <laughs> grease ran down the side. <laughs> And I've never moaned in a movie theater before. <laughs> oh, I was sitting right next to you. You definitely moaned. In I'm that I in that moment. I moaned at how good that burger looked. <laughs> and burger. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I will second <laughs> that scene was stuff. great because it was like some of the best score in some of the the movie. And all he's doing is making a smash burger essentially <laughs> on a flat top. And I was just like, it's Money symbolic, well but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Like that's the moment they chose to peak the score in the movie. Was him making a cheeseburger, and you don't really see them make the food too much throughout the movie. No, like you see them plating it, but you never mm-hmm. see them making it. So that was the only time, and that's the only time the chef actually cooks. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I that was that was that and the guy cooking the lamb chop scene. <laughs> Here, let me personalize your coat for you. Yeah, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> he looked so proud, and he had the cooks like make something, and, and he's just well, panicking. It's and just the that thing look this of movie, terror. the thing this movie did great was like it followed that up. Like that was a pretty funny scene with then you see Tyler character then hangs himself. Yeah. And it's like it it mixes the serious and intense with the the comedy so well. Like it mm-hmm. just we interweaved it really well. I told Elena, I told my wife, I said, I really want to know what the chef said to him. Yeah. That made him immediately without questions ask, go hang himself. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know what he said. And it could have been not much at all because that character was psycho. Had a screw loose. And like would have done anything for this chef. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, yeah, it was. He could have just been blunt as could be like, yeah, go hang yourself. Yeah. I, I like, it could have been as simple as that, or it could have been something super degrading either way. I like to imagine, and members of the audience are going to get, your wife's going to get really mad at me when I say this, but I wonder if he like got really close to his, in his ear and just whispered, I lost the game. <laughs> oh, I lost the game. <laughs> I lost the game. And yeah. so did all, they probably just stopped listening to us. Yep. There they're, it was. They're done. They quit. They so, just yeah. threw their phone. Man, so no, I. Uh, but you're right. And then there was the whole bit with, are you with them or are you with us? And that was like a kind of a running bit throughout the movie. When he referenced that she was a service worker, I didn't guess that she was a prostitute until that was kind of like a card that they revealed about three quarters of the way through the movie. And then when they revealed that, I still didn't even get the fact. I was like, okay, well, maybe she was still dating Tyler, mm-hmm. though. And then... Even though she was a prostitute, maybe he doesn't know she's a prostitute. But when they said the line later and they revealed that Tyler knew people were going to die. He knew everybody was going to die. The yeah. She- yeah, the chef revealed ahead of time to him and him alone that people were going to die. Mm-hmm. He then went and brought, he paid and brought a prostitute mm-hmm. with him. Instead of his girlfriend. What yeah. a scumbag. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, this guy needs to die <laughs> like yeah. now. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, that that was the moment I went from like being annoyed with his character like, to being like, I, I hate you. Like that, yeah. that's awful. What a dirty thing to do. So, then it like begs the question, like, so did did I don't know why I uh, <laughs> said it that way. Did he and his girlfriend break up, or did he just try to spare her? Because if you tried to spare her, that's at least a a really crappy, yeah. mildly redeeming quality. Maybe, uh, but no, he, he he got wolves coming to him. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's just. Still scummy that you were like, okay, I'm gonna bring somebody though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cole, you're you're rubbing your you're sweating I, over there. No, with... I'm. I've just thought of another standout part though, when they were doing the hide and seek part of it, it was like you get a 45 second head start. It's like, oh, last one found, you get a free dessert. <laughs> the guy just <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm like, what is Guys going just on? Hidden up in a coop in a chicken coop, <laughs> and then this door opens and they just hand him through like this. This dessert looks like thing. a Ferrero Rocher, yeah. like yeah. chocolate. Thing. Like, like, oh, I don't know where you don't down. even see the server's ha- face or nothing, just like a hand. I was expecting like a jump scare, but that's what we got. And <laughs> I laughed like out. I laughed like out loud at that part. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I yeah, I expected them to get murdered when they were caught. Like I thought it was going to be like the what is it, the most dangerous game yeah. or whatever. I thought like when you I got too, caught, yeah. you were going to die. Kind of I thought like, that was how it was going to... They literally just caught them and drugged them back. I yeah. think it was literally just to embarrass them. It was that was the like whole you, purpose. Like you can't escape. Yeah. Yeah. And then while they were doing that, the girls were inside having their nice, like, sit down with the other uh, sous chef Yeah. who revealed that it was her idea to have everybody die. To have everybody yeah. die. And I was like, oh, wow. The second sous chef. The second yeah, sous chef. The first sous chef, F's in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. That was the one part. I actually have that on like my dislikes as a love hate. Um, 
as like, I loved that scene, but that was also one of the few scenes in the movie that actually made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think you knew what was coming. Yeah. They laid out the tarp. They laid out like the herbs and this you're like, I didn't hate himself. He's hates the life that he went. He chose. I didn't really know it was coming until just like right before it, when they closed the curtains on the kitchen and I was yeah. like, oh, he's, he, oh, okay. And then by the time I actually realized what was happening, it happened. Yeah, when they laid out the tarp, I assumed that one of the guests was going to die on it. And yeah, when the guy basically popped his own brains, I was like, oh my gosh. And it was so sudden. Yeah, it was sudden and it was graphic too, but Mm -hmm. not like gory. No, it wasn't gory. But it didn't didn't pull any punches. And blood landed on another character that I would like to mention. This is actually on my dislikes, the mom. Mm -hmm. I thought it was weird that he like drug his mom into it. And he does say I'm a monster, you know, like he admits it. But I thought it was so weird that he drug... Seems like his mom's kind of had a rough life. And then he was like, hey, by the way, you're going to die with me tonight. I didn't get that. I I don't know. I'd have to watch it again and pick up on more of that. But I'm assuming like he's blaming her for the life that he had. Because I think, didn't he mention his dad was abusive? Yeah. And, and she, like she, she was drunk all the time and didn't do anything to help oh, him. Oh, you are right. Yeah. And so I think it was just like, I'm going to take revenge for. Like, like if I'm going down, you're coming with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, okay. you have lived a good life. That is a very fair like analysis of that. That might be what it is. Because that was kind of his his reason for inviting the people he did is they they didn't live a good life. Like mm-hmm. they were rich, snobby people who like the food critic closed down businesses and yeah, it was just gathered like a, several of the worst people. Yeah. Like ever. It's like mm-hmm. some like some saw type crap. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he really did, yeah. And uh if it hadn't been for some of like bringing the crew down with him, you know, he almost in a different movie, he could be viewed as a hero. Yeah. Not like a, you know, like an anti-hero kind of way, mm-hmm. but like if it wasn't for the fact that he was literally leading a cult, yeah. if he was just taking down rich people who were ruining other people's lives, you know, in a different film, people might respect him. People might cheer for him. Yeah. Like a vigilante type. Yeah. Type kind of guy. Like there are people that genuinely unironically support Thanos. Hmm. In like in game and infinity war and they can live with their wrong opinion (laughs) (laughs) you know so yeah i thought that was interesting um okay josh so you like explained the whole mom thing to me maybe you can explain another part of the movie i didn't understand the silver door there was one at the restaurant Mm -hmm. and it had i think it had like an angel on it but one I'm of not, them did, yeah. One of them did, but then I couldn't tell. The other one also looked like it had an angel, and one it was in his house, and it led to his bedroom. So I guess I don't fully understand that symbolism or what that meant. I I don't get that one either. Okay, no. um, it, it was weird. Yeah, and the and, and I didn't understand why the guest relations lady had a key to it because she said no one's allowed in the chef's house. So like, why would she even have a key to it? Yeah. That's a, I didn't even think about it. That is like a little point in the continuity, you know, kind of knock off of it. um, I was fully expecting when we saw the silver door in the chef's house, because it's set up by that point, that is going to lead back to the restaurant is what I thought. Like, it's not going to make any sense why it's connected. I thought I was just going to do it because why not at this point? Mm -hmm. It also, and then it led to his bedroom and his bedroom was basically set up like the restaurant. Like it was like a one-to-one. Well, no, his house was set up like the restaurant. Yeah, I thought that was his bedroom specifically. She no, went that, into it. No, the the room behind the silver door was like a concrete oh, bunker. Yeah. It looked like a with like mementos cell. on the walls. I think. Yeah, yeah. but she, uh, Anya Taylor Joy's character, seemed very upset. She goes like, you know what the like whenever his r- room was set up like the restaurant. It's weird, but I wouldn't say it's like devastatingly weird. So she seemed more offended by it than I did that he you know lived I mean? in a kitchen. Yeah. I mean, it's established that the dude's a psycho. He's obsessed with his career choice. Mm-hmm. It's turned to his life. It's his livelihood. And he's like, he, he says he takes his job seriously. Evidently, he takes it really seriously. Yeah, very. We finally got to see a Paco jet in the best way possible and that she defends herself. She ends up taking oh, yeah. down the, <laughs> the house <product> placement. <laughs> she takes down. Yeah. The service maid with the Paco jet. Did you oh, not okay. catch that? I didn't catch that. No. Right to the dome. Yeah. The giant, the big like machine that she ends up ripping off the counter and mm. beating the girl to death with to save her life was a Paco jet. Okay. <laughs> and it's very, it just shows that brand yeah. right front and center. Like nice product placement. I kind of <laughs> want a Paco jet after this movie though. I, Honestly, can't even tell you what it, what that is. It was the thing that they said made like snow-like textures in food. I don't know what I'd use it for. Make snow-like textures for food. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. they made like milk snow with it or something. Something like that. Yeah, but we could we could find something to make it with. 
man, I am not the cook for that. Man, so okay, we're talking about favorite parts, and we're kind of like we're starting to like teeter into it. So let's just go and jump into at least favorite parts. Um, and I, I think I mentioned it earlier. The um, the sous chef shooting himself was a great scene, but my least favorite part of the movie, um, just because, and not in like a bad way. It was my least favorite part in a good way, in that it made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time coming up with the least favorite part for this movie. So I had to put that because it did such a good job making me uneasy that that probably is my least favorite part. I mean, that part was rough. I mean, I think I cringed more at the dude getting his ring finger chopped off. I, the, I definitely cringed more at that one. Oh, that was pretty. Because it, it was more drawn out. You knew what was happening. Out, like, oh, you, knew, happening. you saw it coming and like you, my, my hand like clinched. The, the, him struggling, him fighting, it, it happens. Then you just hear him wailing for like minutes oh, yeah. afterwards. It's like in the background of like whatever's happening. It was a great acting. Well I mean, the acting in that scene was phenomenal. I really genuinely felt like his finger got cut. Oh, off. yeah. And then the lady picks up the ring and is like, your husband's ring, madam. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then oh, like, my gosh. I, I guess I'm not as upset about that one because I feel like he had it coming. Like, they've established that he is clearly cheating on his wife. So and they cut off his left ring His finger. left I'm ring just finger. And then, that. And then like, handed his wife his yeah. ring. Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Man, that was some metaphors and symbolism. It's yeah. just like. Ugh. they're pretty like some of them are really on the nose yeah. like i felt i feel like that one's personally on the nose but yeah I if you're not I, thinking I about it, that one, it's, no. it before that though another funny line where it's like i'm gonna handle this like which what hand are you gonna be handling this and the guy's like really confused like <laughs> shall yeah. we choose for you <laughs> so left-handed is. how about your left ring finger <laughs> yeah yeah and then they brings out that knife and just so yeah and then they handed his wife the his ring so i feel like he at least had it coming um, whenever they started doing that. I was like, you know what? This guy's a scumbag. The sous chef, I genuinely felt bad for. Yeah. Like I mean, uh, yeah. all of the staff, I kind of felt bad for because it's like they, it's cult. they've been there and they got Stockholm syndrome. It's it's a cult. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder if the sous chef had not worked under him, would he have found success opening up his own restaurant? Probably would have. Probably. Right. To yeah, some degree, yeah. you know. So I felt bad for his staff in general, but especially that sous chef. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see a bunch of midsummer parallels though. Cold yeah. dressed in white goes down in the big old uh, thing of flames. Pretty, uh, pretty wacky. Yeah, a little bit. I so, would, I would say my least favorite part, and it kind of touches back on the budget. I felt like the mix was a little harsh in some points. Like some things would happen, and I'd be like, "Oh, that that's a little harsh." Like it wasn't mixed properly, um, and I feel like that kind of took away a little bit of the movie. Did it break your emulsion? It break, broke my emulsion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of put on here that I wish I had a little bit more backstory on some of the characters. I think it was done for a reason, but I feel like if we could have gotten a little deeper in some of the characters, I would have felt a little bit more invested in the movie. Yeah. No, I uh, I agree with you on the character backstory thing. They're in, they went into more with some than they did with others. Like the three guys sitting at the table, their only thing we know of them is that they worked for this corrupt billionaire. Yeah. Um, but then like and they the, were kind of hiding it. Yeah. yeah. With the movie star and his person that was with him, a significant other, they went into a little bit more with them. They went into it a little bit with. I don't on, even think she was his significant other. I think she was just like his long term assistant. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. She was trying to get out of yeah. working for him, I believe. Yeah, she, like, she was because yeah. at one point she like handed over the keys yeah, and all kinds get, of stuff, like, and he was like, like in total denial about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, her face especially at the end stood out to me whenever. So, Anya Taylor Joy's character, who's what? What is her name? I need to start Margot. Margot. Margo. That's so much easier that's her to assumed say. Name. Assumed yeah. name. We assume Margot. Yeah, that's how it's listed in IMDb. So much easier to say than ATJ over and over again. <laughs> Margot, um, her fake name. When she's leaving, I think she feels bad about leaving. And she turns around and she looks at the room. And the room, I think, has made peace with the fact that they're scum and they're going to die. And most of them has made peace with the fact that they maybe even deserve to. They've been convicted of that throughout the events of this movie. And um, that character's face, um, the movie star's uh, Felicity, I think is her name, Um, his assistant, her face especially like stood out to me as she's looking at that room and she just kind of said with her eyes, you know, just go. Mm-hmm. You don't belong here. And uh, I don't know that that hit me. That was a sad low moment of the movie, which they then immediately follow up with, <laughs> with the marshmallow, marshmallow coats. coats. <laughs> oh, and the, and the, jinx. The, and the chocolate, <laughs> chocolate fezzes. And chocolate fezzes. <laughs> oh, 
And what it, what even got me worse was like it's supposed to be a super sad scene because the room's on fire, and they pan over to the f- food critic, and the chocolate is melting down around. his face. I was dying. It's like getting in her eyes. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is supposed to be such a somber moment, and you pan to that character. I was like, what? I thought it was. See, it goes back to was it supposed to be somber? Or was it supposed to be funny? I was laughing. I thought it was. It was just the absurdity of the whole situation. Was yeah. <laughs> And then they cut away to Margot on the boat and they do the whole. So throughout the movie, they keep cutting away to the dishes and describing mm-hmm. its ingredients. And I loved it said, um, you know, graham crackers, chocolate, marshmallow. And then it said the staff, the chef, the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like included it was on part that. of the, the ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, It was pretty good, man. So who already any more least favorite parts? I mean, there wasn't really a lot of low points in this movie. There, I had a. That's why I said, like, my least favorite part. I had to struggle to come up like, with it. I was, I, yeah. Like I'm really nitpicking on like the the ring finger. That just maybe just straight off discomfort for it. But it's like it wasn't a bad scene. It though. wasn't bad though. It was really well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, and my stuff's super nitpicky too. Like most of it's technical and a little bit of writing. But yeah. um, overall, I thought I didn't have a scene that I was just like I really dislike that scene. Could have done without it. Yeah, I literally in a struggle to find more dislikes. My First thing I wrote down when I was just thinking last night was not enough meat dishes. Oh yeah, <laughs> meat dishes. But what <laughs> about the bread plate with no bread? That okay. was hilarious. That was great. That was great. That was really funny. But like, yeah, <laughs> that we had the burger and the chicken, chicken thighs. And I think that's it. I think that's the only meat dishes in the whole movie. Everything else they was have scallops too. Which is those are fish. technically meat. Yeah, there's some seafood. I don't like seafood though. Yeah. Um, you know, I dug that there was a lot of symbolism in this movie about like life in the circle of death and you know we are ingredients and stuff like that and the the whole start of the movie was showing the island and like Mm -hmm. how natural and like it's its own self-sustaining ecosystem and like i just really dug how well they worked that into the actual dishes i thought that was cool yeah definitely when the movie got more highfalutin artsy but i thought it was good man and then cole said my only other point you know that i like really wanted to talk about you know the movie is artsy in air quotes but it's poking fun at how artsy movies other are, but yet it has a lot of substance. And, uh, you know, I put on here, eat the rich. Yeah. That really is kind of like the core theme of this movie. We all know there's people out there that are just like, I'm not going to go see this movie because there's not, it's not artsy enough. It's mm. not deep. It's not. Yeah. But some of the best movies aren't art, artsy or deep. Like we talked about it because for those of you who don't know, we have a group that gets together and we watch movies. We talked about it. Airheads is what we watched. Airheads was great. Airheads is one of those things that's like, you don't really get movies like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a genuinely good movie. There's not really a lot of. It's a fun movie for the a, sake of being fun. Yeah, yeah. like, like it's, Hot Rod. It's I was getting. It's a fun Rod, movie for the sake of being. One fun. of my favorite School of Rock. Another yeah, one, it's like it's fun. It's simple. The premise is easy mm-hmm. to understand, and it's enjoyable. You can rewatch it multiple times and enjoy it every single time. And Josh just said it. Hot Rod's one of my favorite movies, and it's not trying to be anything other than a dumb bro comedy. Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim is a movie about giant robots punching giant aliens, and I love that movie. <laughs> it is so good. And, you know, um, I think it resonates with me. It probably resonates with you. We're all musicians here. Um, you get that way with music critics as well, especially once you get into more. We listen to a lot of rock and, you know, stuff like that, so it's not as much with us. Um, but uh, music critics have always been a thing, and, you know, there's the... F- I think that's where Tyler's character comes in. There's everyone always talks about how, well, you don't have to be a good cook to know if your food is good. You know, you can study and learn all about it and be a bad cook. And it's kind of the same thing with music. You know, Um, you don't have to be a musician to know whether music's good or bad. But music critics, on the other hand, their job is to critique and break stuff down. And some of them just they don't know they take the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. They just really lay into it. So an album that doesn't want to be anything more than just a fun rock album. Sometimes music critics tear it apart unjustly. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's fair. You know, so I think that resonated with me a little bit. Yeah, and the chef had a line in there too uh, when he was getting on to Tyler after he cooked. He's like, "You've taken the mystery out of our art," mm-hmm. and it was like, "Okay, that that's yeah," because he he knew every aspect and detail of how they did everything they did. Um, it'd be like going to a, a magician's show and know every, and trick. Know every chick, trick and how they did it. Um, it would just take the fun out of it. Yeah, I put on here a culture that loves food for all the wrong reasons. Um, every single person in that room was there because it was the place to be because they had the money and they wanted to flex um, yeah. because 
they even like the one older cu- couple, the guy who got his ring finger cut off. He's apparently eaten there eleven times and doesn't remember a single meal he's had there. It's just a restaurant for him. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you know, and then you got Tyler who was there. He knew he was gonna die. He was there because of the profile. He wanted to meet his idol. You yeah. know. So no one was there to just enjoy good food. They were all there for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I don't want to say the word powerful, but it is a little. It's it's interesting. It's intriguing. Yeah. Um. And I I think there is that actually going on today. Oh yeah. Doing things just because it's the cool thing to do or, you know, it's what other people that you aspire to be like are doing. Yeah. Like that influencer status. Yeah. Man, we got way more heady on this episode than I thought we were gonna. <laughs> I was not expecting us to even touch. We are not philosophical guys. I'm sitting here sipping coffee and bourbon and uh, we're sitting here in a room we play D&D and I wasn't expecting to even like broach that stuff. But man, I think it speaks volumes of the movie that it prompted the three of us idiots to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah i think that's a good thing yeah so all righty man last question before we plug stuff into the rubric the ending do we think she's gonna die i think yes yeah part of me thinks yes uh the meat thing they they set up the meat which we go back the beginning when they're taking the tour of the island and they they go to a a smokehouse and they look at the meat and they set up that if you eat meat after a certain day of dry aging, that it's going to kill yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's a super specific like why would plot point to bring yeah. up if it, they're not going to use it in the future. And then the second reason why I think she might die, and we talked about this right after watching it, um, when she takes that last bite before it cuts to the credits, there's like a musical sting that just like something bad was in that bite. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think eventually she dies. I think the fact that the boat like crapped out right in the middle of the water right before. And then she decided to eat that burger. Yeah. I am. I put on here, you know, Chekhov's gun, you know, which is the idea that if you introduce an element in a movie, it should be useful to the narrative. And Mm -hmm. if it's not useful, if it's not going to come back later, then you need to start cutting stuff out. And like you said, that's such a specific line about the Nordic smokehouse. Um, And everything else in this movie was so meticulously placed. I feel like they wouldn't put that line there if they weren't implying something. Yeah. So, it's gonna bother me though, Cole. What are your thoughts on I, that? I would, I would agree with uh, you guys. I think she does die. Um, Josh is pointing out because, like, you kind of get like that, that chill with like the the musical sting there. Like, that's not good. Then it just credits. Like, okay, yeah. well, we're done here now. I guess. So yeah, I mean, that probably makes sense, or kind of wants to leave you on that. It's kind of like uneasy feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. and we said we said the boat crapped out and, and quit but did we show that it quit or did did she we stop. did she just stop it the engines it just kind of showed the engines like not run and then if i remember correctly i mean maybe i'm misremembering the scene she kind of gets angry and like hits the steering wheel yeah. a little bit and then goes okay, to sit did. on the bow of the boat i, I don't she see- got angry because she couldn't get it to start yeah, at she first. got it going but then she, it stopped and she was kind of Okay. Aggressively trying to keep it going. Yeah. Then it's safe to assume that the the boat just quit. Yeah. Everything else about that movie was so meticulously planned. I can't imagine that the chef would have just left a boat there. Mm-hmm. If you know, without anyone could, anyone could have went down and gone if they got out. Which begs the question, you know, where was that? That that for me was one of the few moments of continuity that kind of stuck out in my brain. Whenever they gave the people time to run, many people got to the shore and hopped in a like wooden boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where was that tugboat during those? Did they pull it around for her when they gave her permission to leave? Like, I didn't well, know. It, it did say Coast Guard on it. So did the Coast oh, Guard guy come in did. on it? That was the Coast Guard guy coming. Yeah. Josh, you're you're Josh. answering all the <laughs> mysteries of this movie for me, buddy. Than we did. Yeah. It was yeah. definitely a Coast Guard boat because it said it real big on it. Yeah. Okay. That was the the fake Coast Guard guy who yeah. came in. So question is, where did he go? Did he die? He took off his jacket. He took off his jacket, went to the kitchen. Oh, he was a chef. Yeah, he took off his jacket, went to the kitchen. Kitchen help. That's right. So um, he was part of the cult. Begs the question, makes you wonder. So if she hadn't called the Coast Guard, would that guy have just been off somewhere, not burning alive in the graham cracker roast at the end of the movie? (laughs) Um, Or did the chef just know that that was going to happen? Maybe he had a plan where if no one radioed, the Coast Guard was just going to show up because he definitely was. He was very extra. He was hamming it up with theatrics. Man, all righty. Lots Ooh. of things that make you go, hmm. I, I, uh, COVID really ruined 
the movie industry. And now that things are opening back up, I feel like I haven't had a really good experience at the movie. Mm -hmm. We talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, you know, just Marvel movies have been the main things that I've gotten out of the house to go see. And they've just all flopped. Um, This was totally out of left field, not something I was expecting to be good. And I loved it so much. So I was very pleased with it. They they mentioned COVID. Yeah. But it wasn't like a slap in your face, like political or or anything like that. Yeah. It was very well written. Like a very good natural line. Something Mm -hmm. that someone would really say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a post COVID world. It's a very common line. He was talking about his boss and he said, he kept you open through COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a, you know, a thing that people had to do. They had to get buyouts when the restaurants weren't, couldn't be open. So. Yep. I thought it was very well placed. Also makes you think, sorry, as I swallow my coffee right into the microphone. Um, Also makes you think if the boss hadn't kept them open through COVID, he'd probably be alive right now. Yeah, probably. It was a good deed of his that got him drowned in a lake wearing angel (laughs) wings. How how dare he? Yeah. Yeah. I was curious when we saw the angel wings, like, what's going to happen with these? I kind of chuckled, like, what now? Like, what's happening? It was already going off the rails at this point. Oh, like, how are they going to top it? And it just got more and more insane as the movie went on. That was probably the most, like, far-fetched killing in the movie. It's like, like, how do you... (laughs) What? Like, there's a giant crane out there or something? They lowered him. Yeah, he was, like, lowering him into the water. Super slow, too. Super slow. Like, so slow. That's another part that, like, kind of makes you feel like, like... It's a little uncomfortable, too. This dude's thrashing for his life, and yeah. he's going to drown. getting lowered into the lake. That one really big air bubble at the end that oh, yeah. popped at the top. Mm-hmm. Oof. That was a rough scene. Yeah. Kind of forgot about it. I think my brain repressed it. Repressed oh, it. Oh, yeah, because they had all the other traumatizing scenes that <laughs> make you like, that happened, too. Yeah. That was good. And he was the, the three guys that were working for the shady boss. That was the shady boss. That was the shady boss. So Uh, that's why he died too. mm -hmm. Because he was a shady guy. Yeah. Because I don't think we mentioned it, but everybody that died had some sort of something that they had done wrong. Yeah. At least in the chef's eyes. Which, uh, which is one of the reasons that I wondered if he actually let her live at the end, if he gave her bad meat and, you know, and cause I'm still on the fence because everything in his kitchen itself was very meticulously, curated so would he have had the spoiled meat in there i really don't know at the end whether she's that's gonna keep me up now that you said that I, i'm second guessing my decision yeah. my answer yeah this i don't know like the the top at the end of inception yeah. we're never gonna know it's gonna be something people argue about if people go see this movie please go see this movie like yeah. if you like dark comedy suspense movies so we can't do it justice no yeah no, it definitely deserves at least one viewing yeah, for sure. That was my wife. My wife said, like, I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah. And I was like, I'm probably going to buy it on DVD. My wife will be on the same boat. She she won't watch huh, it either. Huh. <laughs> this is a good movie that, like, honestly, like, we need to get, like, you know, Innocent, a few of the other guys together, you know, that we know would like it and have a second viewing on it. Because I'd like to watch it again. Maybe I'll, I miss some stuff. Yeah. You know? So yeah. maybe there's I definitely think there's something we could pick up on on a second show. Yeah, for sure. All righty. Hey, let's start plugging stuff in. Um, I'll go first here. Continuity. Um, I'm going to give it a five. I think there was not enough out of place in this movie to warrant knocking off a point. It was one of the most meticulously crafted and put together movies I've seen. I gave it a five. I'm going to go 4.5. Okay. Reason you knocked off that point five? Uh, I think it's more so the, why does the uh, one chick have the key to the chef's house, even though no one's allowed in there. Okay. I mean, that's a nitpick. I, didn't, I couldn't justify giving it a five though. Yeah. In my mind, it was like, she has keys, but maybe she's just told not to go in there. Yeah. Maybe it's like a master key or something. But I can see that. I can understand that knocking well, off a point the five. door in the restaurant, they don't really explain set, it. They set it up, but they don't really touch on that one. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if it's a second bedroom because he's just like so obsessed with the restaurant. Like he's it might got be. his own bedroom there. It could be. Maybe cracked it, Josh. Josh is more in tune with this movie than the <laughs> me and Cole combined. <laughs> he's on it. So, alrighty. So, Josh, for you, continuity. I'm going to go with five as well. Okay. Um, there wasn't very much, if anything, major that they left out or didn't didn't come back to. Yeah. Um, plot. Once again, it was simple. It was meat and potatoes. It was a hamburger. You know, it, it got straight to the meat of it. I'm going to give it a five for plot. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with that. Like, I didn't know, kind of the direction was going. Like. 
because we went into it, I'm like, I have no idea what this movie's going to even be about. Mm-hmm. But I think as a whole, it's, it was very, um, this is pretty straightforward. Like, it's not like it's some complicated plot where you have to dissect every little thing. Yeah. It gets right to the point. Yeah, for sure. Josh? I'm going to go five as well. Okay. Just echo all the same reasons that you guys just gave. Could you not copy our scores, please, <laughs> for the next one? Josh. Thank you. Characters, um, we always talk about judging when we do this rubric here, and you know, explained it a little bit in episode zero. You know, we want to judge them within the context of the movie. I feel like every character in this movie served its purpose mm-hmm. very well. They were all different. I knew exactly who they were and why they were there, what their motives were. Um, I'm going to give characters a five for that same reason as well. It was very well put together cast of characters. I'm probably going to go four on the characters. I mean, they were really well done. Don't get me wrong, but it's like some of them were like, I still don't have that kind of like, I guess they don't give a lot of backstory and that kind of does help like what Josh said, but it's like, you don't really like, I want to know more about these characters. They didn't really give a lot. They didn't necessarily need to. That's a nitpick though. See, Josh said that earlier, you know, I kind of agreed with him and then I thought about it more as we kind of went around the table and I was like, you know, I don't know if I needed their backstories. Like I need to know that they're rich and they're there for shady reasons. Yeah. And I don't know if like personally, they're all terrible people. Yeah. I'm happy not knowing, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good reason to knock a point off though. Like if that's something you want in your characters, I I get that. I want to know a little bit more about them. Like, like you kind of get why they're horrible, but like, I want to know a little bit more why they're horrible. Like, why do I, I really want to hate these people. Maybe they'll write like a prequel oh, that just bad. like that has nothing to do with the, them eating. It's just their backstories. I just want John Leguizamo's uh, <laughs> Jason Siegel impression. Yes. All right. And Josh, uh, I'm going to go a four as well. Um, sounds like I'm copying Cole, but yeah. it's really because I, I too wanted a little bit more backstory on the characters. Um, I don't need full flashbacks of like their lives, but just they sprinkled in little bits of different people's backstories, but just be a little bit more direct with it of like, who these people are and why they're there. Yeah. Okay. Direction. Um, I think we've talked about it. I think that the director, especially since this is his first non TV thing, the best I could tell. And for how low the budget was, I think direction for me was it's you're, there were a few audio things, but kind of going back to the broken emulsion. Do I want to knock off a point for a few audio things? Like, I'm trying to judge this. Like, you know, it's the rubric as if I'm, you know, I'm grading a paper. I don't think there's anything worth knocking that point off for personally. I think this is a five for me in direction as well. I loved cutting back to the food in between the things. And that was their, it was almost like chapter markers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was awesome. And just the general vibe of the movie, I thought was very well paced. Yeah. I, direction, I would give it a, I would give it a five as well. Really well shot. The, um, Kind of gave me like the like a food show kind of vibe where it's like it's displaying what they're serving. It breaks down all the ingredients. It's it's a little cool uh, thing they added in there. I'd be interested to look up like how much, how many chefs did the director and the writers have to consult to make this movie? Because yeah. I'm sure they probably don't know near as much about food as like what was needed to make this film. That's kind of an interesting thing I'd like to look into later. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a four and a half, uh, and mainly for the sound mm-hmm. um there was just a few moments that actually it it was very harsh for my ears um and it was shot really well but the the sound was just a little bit lacking i think that's just where the budget kind of fell out a little bit yeah um there was i didn't even mention it earlier i forgot to the the claps the claps oh, were so loud they were so loud jarring i think yeah. yeah jarring i think was the intended goal but yeah. like josh said it was almost almost painfully jarring. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a little too much on yeah. the claps. It'd be as if I clapped into this microphone right now. I'm Don't not, do it. I'm not going to do it. But I, I'll, I'll, do it I'll mute you. We're going to hide, we're gonna hide <laughs> someone <laughs> clapping in this episode. Yeah. So, alrighty. So, uh, Josh, what? I'm sorry. For direction, did I... Uh, oh, I did put that in. You said 4.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last category, enjoyment. Man, I like it. I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record here. It's a five. Um no movie is perfect. There's always going to be something not there, but as far as being as close to a perfect of a movie as you can get for the budget, for what it was, for what it was trying to do. I I loved this film, like as a dark comedy thriller, it's a five out of five for me on that front too. If I could give it more than a five, I would, but I'm going to give it a five. You can, I'm not going to score it, but you can <laughs> yeah. I would give it a, at least a 7.3, um, 7.3. Um, but no, yeah. Five for me. It's, it's just really well done. Yeah. I went in with low expectations, like I said, but it 
it exceeded those and then some on what it was. Just very well done movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a five as well. Um, pure enjoyment coming out of the theater. Didn't have very much to complain about or question. It was just a really, really enjoyable movie. Yeah. So, I mean, man, plugging all those in, that gives the menu uh, for us three a total score of 96%. So, high A. That's yeah. awesome. You know, that's, I would say I was going to like brag, that's our best one so far, but it's 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 number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Let second you, one. There's there's hope for the movie industry still. Yes. There's yeah. hope. You know, like that's kind of what I'm saying about COVID. This was the, I love going to the movies. I love going to the theater. It's why I, you know, many years ago, I kind of, we started our movie club thing that we did. And now kind of why I want to do this podcast. I love going to the theater. And this was like Cole just said, gives me hope for like, independent films still being good because mm-hmm. there's so many sequels and reboots out there. This was a breath of this fresh is air. This one that like, you don't need to follow it up. It's a good standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Like if they do a prequel or sequel, I mean, I feel like that would kind of ruin it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it would ruin some of the mystery yeah. behind the movie. Even though I said, I kind of like backstory. I don't necessarily want a whole movie dissecting no, every no. single character. I just wanted like, a little more information. The more in the movies movie. you put out, the more chances there are you retcon something or unintentionally do something. Then it just kind of ruins the whole thing. Oh, yeah. This is a movie I think I'd love to watch the director's commentary on mm-hmm. um, whenever it does come out on DVD. I don't do that often, but I think this is one that I would love to watch director's commentary on. I think it'd be really cool to yeah. kind of see where their thought process was. Maybe they'll explain the door, you know, mm-hmm. maybe give us. There's probably some stuff I missed. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see that. I did ask um, my wife shortly before we started filming this. Everything okay? I'm good. Oh, you had, you I, had a weird look. Sorry. I want to make sure you look pained. No, no. I <laughs> just want to make sure. Um, I asked my wife uh, a little bit before we did this to, I wanted to plug her scores into the rubric, see what she gave it. Uh, continuity, she gave it a four. Plot four. Characters, five. Direction, five. Her enjoyment was a three. A three? And I Man. think that it kind of goes back to in the theater, our row, me, you, and Cole especially, were laughing and I don't think everyone else in the theater was ready for or expecting a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think it was not what they were wanting. And I think they did not enjoy it because of that. Um, or may, at least not as much as we did for the reasons we enjoyed it. So, yeah. Uh, do you know your wife was with us? Do you know what she would have given on the enjoyment scale? I, I didn't ask her. She'd probably be a four. Probably a four? If I had to guess. Nah, definitely a five. <laughs> I looked over at her a couple times and her jaw was <laughs> on the floor. My wife? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She said she, you know, she bought snacks or whatever before the movie. And she's like, I ate my snacks like 10 minutes into the movie and I don't think my jaw closed <laughs> the rest of the movie. Actually, see, I, I looked at her, looked over at her when it was the guy that killed himself uh-huh. and her jaw like, just in shock. I was, I was trying to contain from laughing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I made the comment to her joking and it, it, who knows if it was actually supposed to be foreshadowing or not, but the thing about the meat shed, uh, mm-hmm. Chloe, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We're not meaning to pick on you, but we're totally <laughs> picking on you. Uh, Chloe is notoriously poor at picking up on foreshadowing. Oh, terrible. It's abysmally bad. <laughs> it's, um, it's Yeah. So they did the comment in the meat house, you know, if we serve it at the 153rd day, the proteins break down, it turns into bacteria, enters your bloodstream, and you die. And I whispered over to Chloe, I go, Chloe, I bet, I bet that's foreshadowing. And she just got so bright-eyed and draw hit the floor. <laughs> and she goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could watch movies through her point of view. Yeah. I bet too. they're so much better. Yeah. yeah. Man. So, hey, final closing thoughts. I think that's about it. I meant to ask if we thought she lived or died here at the end, but I already asked it. So, like, yeah. any last, I feel like every time we're about to move on to the next thing, we all have a thought. Any last things before we round this episode I, out? I think we said everything that we could say. I mean, they're, they're like, without, like, this episode would be like, three hours long if you really wanted to pick apart every little thing could be longer than the movie yeah. yeah it would there's a lot to discuss but like uh, the main points we hit there's a, still a lot of funny parts that we didn't even touch on but i, I would just advise just seeing it for yourself <laughs> yeah i will say the biggest flex in the movie was when he printed the pictures on the tortillas yeah i was like what a flex that was that was in the uh that was in the preview so like I kind of knew, uh-huh. but like actually seeing it unfold in the theater was just like what a flex. And it's the one where the guy's taking the picture, like, like this is happening like an hour ago. <laughs> it made me wonder. I was like, if he hadn't been taking photos of the food, what would his pictures have yeah. been of? Yeah. Um, but it's what we'll never it's know. It's probably because the chef knew that he would be. Like it's yeah. like he's gonna mess up. 
he's going to do it. And they didn't ever tell him not to. Or they told him that you shouldn't. Yes. But, he did but anyway. they didn't ever stop him from doing yeah. it. He's a foodie. You yeah. know, that's his fault. He loves his studying His Instagram food. reel is probably nothing but food. Every time he eats food, he it's funny because he never, he never comments on the food itself he always like picks out the ingredients and how it's done and, and how it's like done that. he's more about the process and the ingredients he never once comments about the food in the way that a critic would and i think he eats the claim on the boat and he goes it's it's laughably good it's it's so funny it's so good and like yeah. he doesn't comment on its flavor at all what makes it good he, no he doesn't know yeah, yeah. just no. um i think that that's yeah he's there for the instagram pick so yep. good comment hey is that it? Are we done? We're at an hour 50. I, Josh and I, when we sat down before you got here, Cole, we were like, you know, I feel like this one's going to be shorter than Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. And it is a little bit, but we easily talked for an hour there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Man, so, hey, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you, guys. If you've listened to this far, thank you very much. Um, tomorrow, we're going to be recording an episode zero. It's going to go up uh, on Spotify ahead of this one where we are going to explain how the rubric works, why we're doing the podcast. Um, if you missed that, Go back and check it out. Go back and check out last week's episode where we reviewed Wakanda Forever. Um, I hope I talked slower this episode. So, you know, don't try to buy anything. I know I sound like an auctioneer. Don't try to buy anything. And uh, what are we doing next? I think we're doing, we're talking about doing Violent Night or Meg next, right? Well, well, Megan um, Megan. comes out in January. Okay. So we still got a bit, but Violent Night comes out soon. Violent Night comes out soon. Bones and All is maybe the other one I'm thinking. Bones and All is that suck. I don't know. <laughs> is that what what one comes out in December? Uh, Violent Night does. Violent like, Night comes out in December. Uh, Bones and All comes out this week. This week, that's what it was. So <laughs> this we, week or next? We've talked about so you know. Stay tuned. We're not sure what we're going to do next. Um, I really think we should do Bones and All. Maybe, I think it's going to be terrible. Those movies. We'll I don't see. know that I can sit through Bones and All. You don't think you could sit through a lesbian cannibal love story? <laughs> it's not lesbian though. Oh, I thought the trailer like opened. I've only seen the trailer once. She like totally was like about to make up on some chick and then bit her finger off. I mean, well, there's that, but then she finds a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't think you could sit through a straight cannibal love story? Is that your problem? If it had been lesbian, would if you watch want, it? If you want that, just watch Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. No, Josh is like, know. I don't know if I could watch hetero movies anymore. <laughs> You're gonna get us canceled, man. We're I feel just, like I'm going the other way. We're yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, alrighty. Hey, on that note, we are gonna end it. Hey, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time.